Blog Talk Radio. Danny, I just figured out that if I switch to Metro PCS, I get two Samsung Galaxy phones free. Cool, Dad. And I could be a super dad with two free Samsung Galaxy phones and call myself Double Galaxy Man. Or you could give the second phone to your sidekick. Yeah, I guess I could do that. That's right. Two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones are all yours when you switch to Metro PCS. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Exclude numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Love Talk Radio. Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! Oh! When the kingdom's up for environment, when the violent take it! Take it, my boy! Let's go! Uh. We're gonna take it back! Woo. We're gonna find it free! 
you know, I got my everyday life and it just don't seem to fit. It doesn't it doesn't help me in my walk with the most high. I don't see how it does. And so today is for you. Last week I spent time talking about my testimony. Please listen to that. Every single week we're gonna to try to do something a little different. But some scriptures will hit every single week because they're just so clear, crystal clear as to who Israel is. But then what we'll do is, in addition to those scriptures, we'll go ahead and and do something a little different. Like every week we'll focus on like what the Most High said that the uh, your sons and daughters will go through as Israel, or what He said that uh, your your pastors or those that shepherd over you, the spiritual leaders, how they act, because that's in the Bible as well. That's one week, and then one week we may talk about how the oppressors who rule over you, specific details, uh, characteristics as to how they are to be, how they are to act, what they are to say, just so we'll be able to prove this thing. Because when something is true, you can prove it many, many ways. Again, if something is true, you can prove it more than just one way. So we have scriptures showing we're Israel, by way uh, uh, showing that we're Israel, looking at our sons and daughters, how they act in 2011. We can show you how our sons act in 2011 and how it's prophetic how they act. We can show you how our women act and how it's prophetic. I'm telling you how our women act right now. We can show you how the scripture says they would do that. We can show you how our ministers, our leaders, our shepherds, how they behave and how the prophets have said they would behave. We can show you how that we would act in a general standpoint and how we're doing it. We can show you how that the scriptures talk about how we'd be put in slave ships. And no other nation can say that unless they're one of our sister tribes. We can show you how that we're Israel by way of looking at the characteristics of America or our Egypt, so to speak. And we can show that our brothers and sisters, wherever they're at in their Egypt, how the characteristics of what they're going through. This is how you know a true Israelite. Certain things they will live out, certain specific, I don't mean they'll have it hard, just hard, 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 rough, rough, rough. No, I mean specific curses. Our specific blessing. Now, some of you, you, you're where curse. You've been programmed by your church to run because you don't have nothing to do with no, no curse. This is not so much cursing your future as, as it is saying, how have you lived your life in the past? How have your grandparents lived their life and their grandparents and great-great-grandparents? I'm just matching scriptures up to your past. I'm not cursing your future. If we... Seek the most high in our homes and, and obey his laws. We will prosper and have good success. We'll just mourn for our nation. These scriptures are for a nation of people. Not so much individually, but this is what Israel, the nation, will go through. Again, got to say this because some of y'all get this wrong. If you fear the most high. Seek his face, adhere to his commandments. 
you're going to be blessed and have success, biblical success. That that that, that prosperity that adds no sorrow as, as Proverbs describes. That's what I see personally. That's what I I, I I strive for daily. I'm successful sometimes. Sometimes I'm unsuccessful. Okay, so we can prove so-called African Americans are the people of the book, Jews, Israel, various ways. And that's what we're planning on doing today. Every single week, we want to hit a different angle. Last week, I gave my personal testimony, how it has helped me. And today, I want to kind of highlight and stay on how do we know, I mean, what is, why it's important. Okay? Let's open up with a word of prayer before we go and Step further. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for another beautiful day. We want to thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness. We want to thank you, Most High, for this truth and how it has enhanced our relationship with you to that it has. We pray in the future it will enhance our relationship even more with you because it's all about our relationship with you. We just thank you again for the Holy Spirit upon the earth and how it reveals truth as we submit ourselves to you. We thank you. We can never thank you enough for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your love and your commitment to fulfill Scripture. And we just ask today, while we study and seek your word, that you will illuminate it because we know it's a mystery. Here, it's a code. Here, for those that are outside of the family. So we ask being family, that you will reveal your word to us. We ask these things sincerely from our heart. In Yeshua or Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Now, those of you listening that are of the, you already know we Israel, this broadcast, you'll learn from it. You certainly will. But it's really not designed for you. The reason I say it is because we say, today we'll say, Things like Jesus Christ versus Yeshua Because people simply don't understand that And until we do a Bible study Until they go to a Bible study and get that understanding It makes them feel uncomfortable We don't want to make them feel uncomfortable We know the history of the name Jesus Christ Or Jesus, what it means We understand that But when you're trying to reach your brother you got to be wise If they are offended by it They don't know what it means To them, not to us to them, in their mind, they can't even open up to you because you're choking them with that name until you break it down, okay? So this study is not necessarily breaking down the names of Christ or the Most High. We're getting into the scriptures showing that our lifestyle mimics or, or, or is mirror image of the scripture. So that's where we're at, okay? So instead of God, instead of saying Yahweh or Yahweh, we'll say God, okay? And we feel like most high have no issues with us doing that because this is the way in our brother. This is how, not so much how we call on him in our personal life. We just know that God was put there because the the, the Bible translators saw the name, the letters Y H W H U H Y H, the textual grammatic, and they didn't want to say that. They didn't want to say the name. It was too holy. It scared them. So they didn't even want to say Yahweh or what they thought those letters meant. They just instituted the word Lord and God. We understand that, but our brothers and sisters don't. So y'all bear with me. I know some of y'all are so convinced now and convicted of these names. You don't ever want to say it, but 
I am a little bit different on that. I feel like we need to be out here trying to show other people some of the information we got. Okay? After all, some of y'all got saved, delivered, took off drugs. Uh, some of y'all was uh, arrogant, full of pride, jealousy, and you got delivered under that same name. So you need to have a little bit of mercy for it, uh, people still using that name because there is power in that name in that the Most High know exactly who you're calling upon. Our old mothers, grandmothers, and grandfathers was not calling upon the Greco-Roman God that they tried to institute or tried to connect that name to with the white images and so forth, okay? All right, moving right along. Uh, again, we are five smooth stones, five smooth stones. Uh, if, if, if everyone could please, please, when you listen to this broadcast and you like what you hear, click follow. Uh, Blog Talk Radio have taken away our links and our friends, our abilities to have friends and links, and now we're asking people to use the follow button like you would a friend button, the friends button. If you like what you hear, click follow. You don't have to follow every single broadcast. We just click follow, and that way you will. That's our way of contacting each other or being connected with each other. Okay? Please, again, click the follow button. Do it now, or you won't forget. Also, while you're on my front page, that's at blogtalkradio.com/slash/five underscore smooth underscore stones. Five smooth stones. Don't forget the underscore. When you're on that page, please look at the. Um, the link right on the uh, uh, on that page that says Google Books. Click on that link, and that's going to direct you to the, my library, and you'll see how the Most High have placed wonderful authors, spiritual authors, powerful people. Uh, some of them teaching our finest colleges, the the Howards, the, the MITs, the Yales, the uh, the the best universities I believe in our country. And uh, a lot of them have written books on this very subject and other subjects. So go there, and you can see what Brother Seth has been reading the last 20, 25 years, and uh, hopefully that will be a blessing to you. Okay? All right. Also, read the comments every time you go to the, uh, every time we have a show or if you're visiting the site. Always look at the comments because I have links in the comment section uh, sometimes directing um uh, uh, used to different places, okay? We can't, we don't have links anymore, blog talk is that way, so we use the comment portion to post links, okay? And uh, that's pretty much it. So hopefully y'all are doing well today. So wonderful, I don't know how the weather is where you're at, but here in Texas, it's sunny, wonderful day. I mean, excellent day as far as the weather is concerned. So uh, hopefully we enhance your uh, day with this wonderful truth that the Most High transform our life with. Arlene, does this truth not transform our life? I mean, to some degree, Arlene and I actually talked about this yesterday, and she felt like uh, that that uh, she was saying that she learned a lot of things, but she expecting to learn more and expecting to, to go even higher with it. I can say this, this truth for me have have just changed a lot of things. And if y'all been listening to my pre- previous broadcast, you know that in 1988 at the uh, Southwest Believers Convention, I asked the most high four, four, excuse me, five questions, five questions. And the five answers to those five questions is what I call five smooth stones. The five smooth stones is nothing more than five topics I talk about. And uh, while I'm on that, the topics are covered in the different blogs we talk, 
we've 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 done. So folks, please go to our archive and listen to uh, subjects about leprosy. That's one of the stones. Leprosy deal with the origin of, of humanity, how everybody was made from the dust, the brown dust of the earth, and that the Most High chose brown, the color of earth, to make his people. That's not racist. That's not uh, on the Most High party. He can choose whatever color he wants, but he chose the earth color of brown to make his man, and that everybody come from man, uh, come from that, 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 that hue. Now, somebody might say, well, then where did white people come from? That's what leprosy talks about. talks about how sin entered the picture. We began to lose the ability to do a lot of things, produce hair. Some of us start balding. Some of us grew too tall. Some of us grew too short. Some of us weren't able to have children. Different things man was not able to do after sin entered the picture. One of those things is, listener, the ability to produce melanin or earth. Melanin is nothing more than the brown earth. And when we when we when we begin to not be able to produce that 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 thing that happened to us is called leprosy. It is a form of leprosy. It is not what totally leprosy is, but losing pigmentation, be it vitiligo or being born an albino, is a form of leprosy. It is a form. We go into a Bible. We ain't putting pushing no hatred. We ain't about no, this is not no reverse hatred or nothing, none of that. This is flat-out scripture. You've got to see it. We saturate the message in love and respect for all people, but we, we share the scriptures on how that is so. That's on Saturdays on the Shabbat right now. We'll do that two more weeks, something like that. On Sunday today, we talk about who are the real Israelites. You'll get a taste of that in a second. And then on Tuesday nights, late night, midnight, uh, for those late hours, we are going to be interviewing a brother from Israel who is an Israelite, who is of the house of uh, Yacoub or Jacob, who claims to be truly Israel. He, along with thousands of others, live in South Israel. We'll be interviewing him every week. We try to interview somebody from some country, some uh, Israelite from another nation outside of the United States, okay? And uh, they talk about how they know they're Israel. We're talking about black folks now. Tell my black folks, you got to say, why do you say black? Why do you say black? Because we don't believe that the people in Israel are the true Jews. And we're going to talk about that today. But uh, um, so we reach out to those non-white Jews that have lived out. It's a matter of who fulfilled prophecy, not so much the color. If a white group of white people can tell us that they live out Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, and other scriptures, we will welcome in open arms with to them as Israel, because the Bible did say Israel would be a great speckled bird of all ethnos. We understand that because the Most High scattered Israel to the four corners of the earth, and right now, according to the United Nations, 92% of the earth is non-white. 92% of the earth is non-white. Only 8% of the world is white. What that? What does that mean? That means when the Most High scattered Israel to the four corners, we know that they're mixed in with those people, and that would mean that the land of Israel today should be 92% non-white. The fact that it's not, we know it's racism, and so we look for our brothers and sisters that fit that uh, prophecy. Okay, now, last but not least, and then we'll get into the Bible study here, is Thursday night. Thursday night, our most popular uh, subject, at least from a listener standpoint, and that is the One World Society. The One World Society, where we talk about the One World Government, the New World Order, 
uh, all of the different things that this wicked kingdom, the kingdom of Satan is doing upon the earth, the, the biological warfare, germ warfare, how they can control the weather, F, uh, CIA, uh, just the Illuminati, all, like I said, different secret societies. We just go into that and we talk about the evilness of it. And right now we're talking about demonology 101. We're kind of just talking about the, the workings and operations of demons or devils and Satan's kingdom because if you don't understand demons, you'll never understand the wickedness and the, 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 to, the, to these great lengths that these demon-possessed people will go to to harm humanity. So that's our schedule, and that's pretty much the five smooth songs. Uh, the five smooth songs that you cover, those five topics, are inside of those uh, different um, programs. All right, so Arlie Howe, what do you think so far about this whole revelation and what we're doing on Blog Talk? You think we're reaching people? Well, how have, let me just ask you in this way. Do you think this is helping people? Uh, yes, of course I believe this is helping people. I think that people are have gotten saturated with what they've been able to receive in their traditional churches, uh, you know, through the traditional doctrines that are taught. And I think that, like myself, that there are many people who found themselves just continually in prayer lines as if they need to renew themselves because things just weren't clicking, things weren't working, you know, things weren't flowing like the preachers say that they should or like they would and whatnot. And it just seems like there was more to it than that. And so for people that feel like that, like I did, then you begin to pursue uh, the Most High in your own uh, way to find out what more is there to it. It's got to be more than just church as usual, you know, more than just tithing and, you know, building programs and that kind of thing. And I think what has really opened the door is understanding that there is a true identity that African Americans and other uh, dispersed peoples around the world have that links them back to the scriptures. Um, it's hard to actually be who you are or be who you can be if you don't know who you really are and where you come from. And for us to have our history only go back to slavery in America, we tend to want to turn our, our face away from that. It's nothing to be proud of. It's nothing that tells us, you know, the value that we have as a people. It doesn't unite us. In fact, it divides us. So to be able to look beyond that to our actual roots, in fact, the, the fact that we are the origin, we are the, the people that really went forth and multiplied it and, and filled the earth with people, that right there alone I think just adds value to life and to faith and it helps us to understand the big picture that the most I have. And uh, I want to say this because I know what we're saying sound ludicrous. I mean, I, I understand, but I ask people this question, okay? I ask people this question. You know, we got a guy in the chat room that's saying how crazy this sounds, okay? I just got a question. Where is your proof that the people in Israel are the true Jews? Let's this blog is from an instance. We open up with prayer, so we're very serious. If we're wrong, we're wrong. Not a problem. If we're wrong, we're just wrong. We could be wrong. We could be sitting up and preaching a lot. What you should do is, from the standpoint, you should say, okay, I disagree with you, and here's how I disagree with you. This is how I, this is how I disagree with you. 
The Bible says this, the Bible says that. This is a time of exchange in scriptures. But we got to grow out of that sound crazy. That sound ludicrous. Because how many times we found out that some of the, have you ever heard the saying that truth is often stranger than fiction? Truth is often stranger than fiction. It's just that simple. So that's what I want to say. Let's be serious. Okay, if you have serious questions, you want to embarrass me with your knowledge, go to the phone line. Call me, and I'll let you talk, as long as you don't use profanity. And I'll let you talk, and we can just dialogue this, okay? But uh, it's just that simple. That's just as simple as it can get, okay? Now, um, it looked like he just left, so I guess he wasn't serious. That's how we do things here. If you're not serious, folks, go do something else. This is the Internet. Go listen to a movie or something. Here we are trying to just really examine who we are as a people, why we go through what we go through, why we suffer as we suffer. We're trying to understand it. Maybe we all are off. Maybe this whole Hebrew Israelite movement is just totally demonic to, to, to overthrow the, the true people of the Most High in Israel today, the true Jews. We're just asking questions. Why come none of what they have went through is fulfilling prophecy? Why is it? Why is that? That's all we're asking. Why is it? I mean, the Holocaust, much love and respect again to those people in Israel, the Holocaust isn't in the Bible. And what about the scriptures that talk about how the Most High is going to bring the nation from the north? Woe he that coming from the north. And we're going to try to look at this some of these scriptures, but I don't want to jump ahead of what, I'm, what I got planned here. But he prophesied many times of a nation coming from the north to occupy Israel as a curse. Okay, not just Revelation 2 and 9, 3 and 9, you can write that down, but there are so many other scriptures talking about uh, people opposing as Jews, opposing as Israel, and they're not, okay? The most high ran us out of the land. Most of Israel is in exile, folks. It's just that simple, okay? We want y'all to know we love y'all today. We're very serious about this. Nobody is paying me whatsoever. Nobody is paying me to do the things that we do. This is truly free out of from my heart. And and uh, anyway, just so I would say that. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and do this. Let's talk about why this is important. Uh, Arlene, I want to put you on the spot. Now you've been how long you've been believing in this whole revelation of so-called black people being Israel or people of the book. Um, now, that's not everybody black, of course. We got we definitely understand that because we believe that the whole planet at one point was dust-colored people, and uh, they had in, in, in the, the, the Israelites had enemies that was dust-colored. We just believe that the whole planet at one point was dust-colored. So, of course, all brown people can't be Israel. That's not what we're preaching. He said, whoever lives out of Deuteronomy 28, whatever color or hue they are, if they live out of Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, and all the other scriptures, they are Israel. It's just that simple. This business of DNA testing to prove someone is a Jew has no more merit to it than, you know, eight fingers on one hand. I mean, I'm just saying we got to, at some point, open our Bibles, folks, and start studying, quit relying on our pastor to tell us everything. Our pastor's not a Holy Spirit. The scripture says... You have the Holy Spirit within you, or an unction of the Holy Spirit, and need not that any man should teach you. Teach you. So 
What we do, we just open the Bible, we ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, and we just say, okay, we start looking for ourselves. And you'd be surprised. Some of y'all listening right now, you keep having to run back to your pastor, and deep inside your heart you got the answer. Most of the time when he gives you an answer, it's what you thought or it ran across your mind at least once. So you have the Holy Spirit, as First Peter talks about, an unction from the Holy Spirit, you need not that any man should teach you. Now, you need people to bring up subjects. That's what your pastor does. He can lead you. He can say, you might as well read this, check this out. But the final word, the final word is going to come from the witness of the Holy Spirit with this inside of you. So, I I know this, this truth has not did everything for you, and it's not designed to. But just like somebody coming to a church and they teach on marriage, it helps your marriage. You don't have every aspect of your life. Somebody coming to your church, they preach on uh, finances. That helps you in the area of finance. don't help you in every single area of your life. Somebody comes to your church and they teach on health, and they're called to teach on health. Nobody questioned that. Nobody questioned them teaching on marriage. Nobody questioned them teaching on finances. We have different people that have different functions. Our function, I believe, is to help resurrect those valley of dry bones. So what has this truth done for you, if any, in your personal walk? Well, I think I've heard about this years ago, obviously, having met you and everything, but I think I really started believing about five years ago. And um, it's really helped me, as I said earlier, because understanding your identity is important to your value as a person. And just being able to trace my roots only back to Slavery in America was very unfulfilling for me. And, and spiritually, being raised up, you know, in a traditional type of church as a Gentile believer, um, you know, we were raised to sort of be dependent and, you know, to, to trust God, but to really uh, seek most of your knowledge in, in your church from your pastor and that kind of thing. And it just wasn't very empowering. Um, you know, I felt okay to be engrafted in, you know, being the stepchild, being brought in uh, through the blood of Christ. I mean, I'm not saying that wasn't a good thing. It was. But there still was just something missing. And so the understanding that there's a direct connection between my physiology and the actual DNA of the original people that were written about in the Bible it really uh, helps to open my eyes to my responsibility. It helps me to just understand that there's purpose to my being here. There's purpose to us being in America. We weren't just, you know, some sort of uh, victimized people that were just taken and brutalized and oppressed. But there's actually purpose to what has uh, come over us, what has overcome us, what has uh, transpired. We are not to feel victimized. We are not to feel less than. We are not to feel used and abused and hopeless and helpless. We have to understand that this is all part of the big picture of the Most High. Because of our uh, forefathers, their disobedience, falling out of grace, really, with the Most High, has caused us as a nation to have to suffer some things. And in that Suffering, that's just used to identify and to connect us to who we are. And that takes time to process that. It doesn't feel good. I think the first response that you have is 
a little bit of anger. You, you just feel like it's just not fair. We have to go through so much. Even though you understand why we go through so much. You know, but I know I sat in pews for years and watched principles that I was being taught work for people that looked a certain way and they didn't work for me. You know, and I wondered, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm applying these principles. Why is it not working for me? Well, I didn't realize that mixed in that faith principle, mixed in that sowing and reaping principle, that they were being propped up by white supremacy and networking and things that favored them. So it made it seem like God wasn't trying to bless me when actually I was trying to apply those principles in a way that it really wasn't meant to be applied. It was making them look more favored. Okay, so that caused me to have some frustration while I was in the church. So all I'm saying is just having this connection, being able to make connect the dots from being a part of a group who were slaves to the actual original people that populated the planet, not only that, but the people that had a relationship with the Most High that were supposed to go out and show people how to live how to live in harmony with him, how to serve him, and to worship him. Being connected with that people is something that really helps me to feel a sense of value and a huge sense of responsibility. You know, my life is not my own just to throw away or just to, to, to whittle away and to u- be useless, but my life has purpose. You know, I'm here to help uh, others to understand their purpose in the Most High. I'm helped here to help uh, even Gentiles to be reconciled to him. So it's not just about Israel because he wants the whole planet. He wants everybody to serve him and to be a part of his kingdom. But there's a unique responsibility for Israel that's laid out in prophecy. You know, there are certain things that can't happen until we actually come together and we are unified and we are in place and know who we are and are able to be mobilized by the Holy Spirit to usher in the coming of the Messiah, the return of the Messiah, I meant to say. So it's very important that we understand who we are. It comes with a lot of responsibility. It's not a lot of emotionalism. It's not even just intellectual. It's a combination. We are to use our our brains to read, to understand who we are, but we are also to be spiritually led by the Holy Spirit because the Most High is actually the one who is going to move all the players in position at the appropriate time. And right now I have to admit it's frustrating not being part of a huge organized organization or institution where you can see, you know, read the doctrine, know how to behave, know how things flow. You know, being part of a church, it it gives you a, a strong sense of belonging and a sense of security because you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself that you can see. Well, this is also something big, this movement of understanding who we are in him, but it's not as, there's a lot of pockets of believers that are gathering together. It's not like this huge, these huge groups that are meeting together. So basically, living this way, you really have to rely more on the Most High. You really have to trust the Holy Spirit to lead you in your studying and in your understanding and in your worship and in your growing. You have to trust that he is actually moving everything according to his plan, according to his time, and that we're going to come together at the appropriate time and be unified and be able to usher in 
like I said, the return of the Messiah. So we really have to live a life of faith to actually be a Hebrew or an Israelite or to be a believer of those who believe that they're part of the ancient lineage of Christ. Very interesting. And, and you know, I'm a little different. Some people, when they have Bible studies, what they do is they get out the Bible and they start turning to a whole lot of verses. But I'm of the persuasion that if you have the same mind and you look at scriptures, you can do what everybody else has been doing for the last 400 whatever amount of years. You just won't see. You'll just hear it, but you won't see it. Somebody's got to break the cord of white supremacy and start getting you to challenge with some of the interpretations of these scriptures that you've heard over the years. This is what happened to me. I mean, most people that I know, a lot of my friends, I can just quote a verse and they can quote the rest of it, Arlene. Yeah. You know how people read this on the 28? Thousands, millions. But how come they don't see Israel? Somebody has got to say, hey, stop. Look around you at the, the, the living scriptures. Look at the living scriptures. We're supposed to be living epistles, right? Read those epistles. As you know, epistles mean letters. Read the letters. Read the word, the walking word among you. I mean, scriptures are being un, uh, un, uh, revealed and uh, unfolded right before your eyes. And some people is just looking at that letter and they're not listening to the spirits, what I'm saying. But... What this revelation has done for me, and we're going to get into the scriptures, folks, okay? But I will say this for homework, uh, if, I'm, if, I can, if I'm allowed to give you homework, is to check out the previous episodes. Because in the previous episodes, amazing proofs of black biblical Jews, uh, from the first time we talked about it up to now, I think there's been like three parts, listen to all two hours of it. We go into all kinds of scriptures, okay? It's just that every week we want to tackle this in a different way. Last week I mentioned a lot of scriptures, but not as much as I did to the, in the prior weeks. I talked more about uh, my personal high has been a blessing to me. Now I'm doing something a little bit different. I mean, I was more personal with last, last week's uh, broadcast. This week I want to talk about from a, from a scripture standpoint, uh, uh, from a scripture standpoint, I want to talk about uh, write that down and make it more clear. Uh, I want to talk about how it what it has to do with your salvation from a stand, Christian standpoint. And I want to first talk about say this, listener, if Brother Seth is right, he's able to prove with the scriptures, which we're about to do in a second, that we are emphatically the people of the Bible, the Hebrew, the real Jews, the Israelites, the, the the true Jews. Do you know? Do you know what that means? What that changes in our world? In the, in the, in relates, as it relates to the Bible as it, relates, as it relates to you and your brother As it relates to how you look at life As it relates to the economy It changes a lot of things Let me just give you an example If we are indeed Israel Just if let's Just for a second dream with me Just, just entertain me uh, Amuse me just for a minute If we are truly Israel now this would make give a good explanation as to why the father looks so biased. Because if you be very honest and look at the plight of so-called African American and, and 
certain other people scattered throughout the four corners, you will say that he's picking on non-white people. And just looking at just life, just the way things are without, he was a Martian and you just came down here and looked at all of the different aspects of life, all of the, uh, be it education arena, political arena, how economics affects us, who's charged the most, who gets the most quality out of different products, who's educated more in the area of economics, who, who, what information is hid from who in regards to secrets to, you know, wealth and different things. If you look at every single aspect, again, quality, if you look at even something as, as wacky as the judicial system, look at how blacks are treated in that system when they do the very same crimes as blacks, most of them got drugs, but when you have the more expensive drugs, you get lesser time. If you have crack cocaine, they throw the book at you. This three strikes you out. You know, look, just look, look, look around you. Look at the pain. Look at the pain and see who suffers more, what neighborhoods is taken care of and others are not, what schools get the most loans, What? whose children doing better off, whose elderly is doing better off, even the educated, those that are educated, what educated people suffer more than the other educated people? Who really benefits from their education more so than the other? And you can go on and say, all oh, black people are lazy. Oh, black people just don't pursue their goals. They just don't know. They just don't live. You can say all these things in the back of your mind, you know that's not true, because some of these people are your mothers, dads, aunts, uncles, and you know that we have it harder. And it looks like the most high is just picking on us. It really does. A friend of mine told me, I've said this over and over and over, but it bears repeating. He said to me one time that black people hold bitterness against the most high. I argued with him left and right because I said black people are the most forgiving. If you bring home a white daughter, a white uh, a white um, girlfriend, boyfriend, they're most forgiving. If you do it with white people, white people will, will disown you, cut you out of the wheel. Not all white people. Obviously, we don't mean all whites or all blacks at any time. There's always an exception to the rule. I'm talking about the vast majority of black homes is more accepting, more forgiving. They might not like it, but they'll accept it and, and, and grow to love that person. Whites, it's just they, some of them will, be, be, will do the same, but the vast majority will not. So all I'm saying is it looks like the most high is picking on us. Look at it. it, it, it Again, if this information is correct, and we are indeed the Israelites or the Jews, according to prophecy, the Bible says that the so-called Jews will not be able to rise. Did y'all know that? We're going to get into that. It says the Jews, the so-called Israelites, the Jews, will not be able to rise. The Most High said that they disobey me. Amos 3 and 2 says, of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions. So Israel, this is the scripture I was talking about. In Deuteronomy, it talks about you will not be able to rise without the Most High. All the nations of the earth can rise, even in their rebellious, even in their wickedness and their sin. They can prosper to some degree. But Israel, not so. Every nation is supposed to walk on them. Okay? Every nation is supposed to walk on Jews or Israelites, if they're disobedient. Now, if they obey, we'll read that they are supposed to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. 
shall be a lender as a nation, a lender, and never a borrower. The nation of Israel does not live out that. They do not walk in those blessings. And if they're disobedient, which I believe they are, by how they're treating people at the Gaza Strip and other behaviors they're doing, then they should be at the bottom. How come these people are not at the bottom? Again, the scriptures are not going to make sense as long as you're looking at the wrong people. Okay, so second thing I mentioned, the first thing was the most I look like a racist. He looked like he's partial, and he's really not. Just the extreme opposite. Second, number two is there's an anger that black people have, so-called black people, African-Americans, and even other Israelites that are scattered worldwide. But I'm only focused on African-Americans because that's what you know about most of you listening. So there's an anger and a shortness we have with each other because we're really frustrated with each other as a nation of people. We don't even realize some of this is subconscious. There's a reason we can't come together. We don't trust each other. Of course, the most I said we wouldn't be into, but I'm just breaking it down and getting into the psyche of to why we do it. We don't have the trust for each other. We don't. We don't want to come. We don't want to work together. We'll make. We're intelligent. We have the intelligence to do it because we can make the nations of the world filthy rich. We can make the nations of the world filthy rich. I mean, excuse me. The, the, we can make people. The nations of the world. I said that right. But I'm talking about the. We can make the. the, the other people in this country, the Bill Gates, you know, we can make people like that wealthy. They got black folks all up in Most of these billionaires have black folks just everywhere throughout their structure. So I'm saying there's nothing wrong with us mentally. We know that. Why is it we can't even have a Chase Bank? Why is it we can't have, I mean, we can't come together and create this economic base that our, our leaders have been talking about forever? What is wrong, people? At some point, your your grandkids, your kids going to sit on your lap and going to ask you why. So number two, again, is once we see we Israel and we see that the Most High said that we would not be able to rise, he said that we would sigh, sigh, sigh. That means go, oh, my goodness, or S-H-I-T, or whatever words people say when they're frustrated. I don't talk like that, but I'm just saying whatever words people say, grunt or stomping their feet, all of that is sighing, S-I-G-H. The scripture says Israel would sigh, they would sigh, they would sigh. They would sigh, they would sigh, they would sigh. They would sigh, they would sigh. Okay? But let's get into the scriptures, and I'm going to elaborate this as we go along. I want to get into the scriptures now, and we'll talk about this more as we go. But these things, the word, here's another one. Here's number three real quick while we turn in to Deuteronomy 28. Turn to Deuteronomy 28, everybody. But while you're turning to Deuteronomy 28, the Most High also says, well, let me back up. Also, without this truth, or I should say with this truth, no, without this truth, the words seem confusing. Just like I just talked about, Israel is over there today in Israel, the so-called Jews is over there today, and they're rebellious. Everybody knows they're misbehaving. But yet, they run our banks in the United States, the vast majority of them. They run the media, and they're even re- responsible for a lot of the porn industry. So what am I saying? I'm saying as a nation, the, 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 the Israel nation, the nation of Israel today is a very wealthy nation, and nobody is going to disagree with that. 
They are not the tail right now. Nations of the world are not stepping on them, as the Bible says, what happened to Israel when they're disobedient. These people are ruling, and I mean ruling with an iron fist. And our tax dollars help create that state and help it as a baby along. It was a welfare state created by our tax dollars. The most I didn't say that's the way Israel would be. Even in 1948 when it became a nation, it did not come and become a nation in a biblical standpoint. There was a lot of laws broken, and the biggest law that's broken is the thievery. They're over there talking to people in the Gaza Strip saying, actually the Gaza Strip is what's left, but they moved them out of that whole land to this little Gaza Strip area saying we're the people of God. And that's not how the Bible says Israel would go and get their land. When Israel did take land by violence, it was a quick thing. Mosiah helped them win, and it was over with. The United States and Great Britain played a major hand in forcing that nation into where they're at now. And again, they don't live out any single prophecy as a nation. I know some of y'all are saying, what? That's right. As a nation, as a nation of people. They have not lived through anything. They have not met any scripture. The Holocaust is the biggest thing that they claim. And I don't wish no harm on these people because I love these people. They are my brothers and sisters, and I mean that. I'm not just saying that being facetious. I'm serious as you can get. I have much respect for them as a people, but we're just talking about Bible scriptures. We're looking from a scripture standpoint. We're, we're putting a magnifying glass on Israel and on us and saying, who is living out the scriptures more than any other people? That's what we're doing right now today, okay? So, uh, Deuteronomy 28. Arlene, will you read, turn to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 46? Everybody, you can get verse 46, please. Verse 46 is what did it for me. This scripture by itself, well, not by itself, but it was a key scripture to help me to see that whatever Israel was going through, that it will be put on them forever. Moses is telling them what's going to happen to them, and he tells them what's going to be upon them forever. When I saw the word forever, that one word was what I needed to connect that current year that I read this to these ancient times, and that's what led me to believe we're Israel. Many people come by this different ways. But this is what did it for me. Deuteronomy 28 and 46, please. And they shall be upon thee. They meaning the blessings of the curse. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. One more time. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Okay, this is Moses talking to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he is saying to them what is going to happen to them as a people forever. And he says these blessings are curses, because that's what he was reading. That's what we was just reading when he said this in verse 46. Verse 1 through 15 is the blessings, and the rest is curses. And we are, we've gotten down to verse 46. And he says, these are going to be upon you forever. Then he finished talking about the curses. So how do you know who a true Jew is, listener? How do you know who a true Jew is? Is those that live out the blessings 
and those that live out the curses. Those that live out the blessings are those that live out the curses. If you want to know who a true Jew or a true Israelite is, you look for those specific blessings of those specific curses. Now we're going to talk about the blessings. Let's think about nations. When we're reading the blessings, think about nations, groups of people, large groups of people, and think to yourself, who is living out this? Because whoever is living out this, these are the true Jews or the true Israelites of the Bible. This is the only way you know. Has nothing to do with DNA. DNA is very political. Anybody can use DNA to prove whatever they want. But we don't go by DNA, and we don't go by this new definition that the people say in the land of Israel that he is a Jew that is that is one born to their Jewish mother. Again, they say that if you walk up to a Jew in Israel and say, how do you know you're a Jew? They say, one is a Jew that is born to a Jewish woman or a Jewish mother. So I will walk to the mother and say, how do you know you're a Jew? And she's going to say, because I was born to a Jewish mother. At some point, somebody got to get some kind of scripture definition. But we don't have to do that because Moses says right here in Deuteronomy 28 and 46, and they shall be upon thee, blessings or curses. For a sign, S-I-G-N. What is the S-I-G-N known to do? It identifies something. So he said the blessings of the curse are going to be upon you for a sign. This is how people are going to identify you. For a sign and a wonder. A wonder. I like to think that a wonder means something that's just going to dazzle people, put them in wonder. The Most High always liked glory. He always liked to dazzle humanity. And that is what that's saying, Okay. So let's talk about these blessings or these curses, and let's think of nations. What nation is going through this? Let's let's look at nations, not for one year or two years, but let's look at them at 400-year intervals. Or let's look at any nation for 400 years. You can't look at a nation for 20 years and say, no, well, we didn't go through that, or this nation, or the Irish didn't go through this, or the Japanese didn't go through this, or the Chinese didn't go through this. Look at nations, listeners. 400 years at a time. What nation for that length of time have lived out these blessings and curses? And the reason why we say 400 because initially the, uh, uh, when, the, when, the, when the Most High was talking to Moses, I mean, excuse me, Abraham, he talked about his seed being in bondage and, and, and uh, kept it for 400 years. And remember, Moses said that these things were going to repeat. All right, so let's go ahead, and they're going to repeat forever, okay? Israel, whatever they went through, again, folks, they're going to repeat it forever. So if you're reading Isaiah or Jeremiah, various parts of Scripture, and you see curses or blessings, just know that whatever Israel went through then, they're going to be going through in 2011. Blessings or curses as a nation. Arlene, please grab Deuteronomy 28 and verse 68. Everybody look at the very last verse. Please look at the very last verse. Please look at the very last verse, Deuteronomy 28, go ahead and read on. And the Lord shall bring me into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. One more time. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spoke unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, 
and no man shall buy you. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Curse. And, you know, we read this every week, and it's very easy to get tired and feel I'm used to. This scripture, to somebody never heard it, is going to be as exciting as anything we've ever heard on this planet. Again, Mo, the Most High is talking, I mean, the Moses is talking, excuse me, and he is saying to, the, to Israel that they are going to be put into some boats. Now, when was the nation of Israel, folks, ever put in ships and taken anywhere? You know what? As good as this is, we asked to say we're going to start with the blessings first. But I just want to, that's just to wet your tongue, and we're going to get into the churches in a little bit, but I want to read the blessings. Though. I, I missed it. I'm sorry. But do note verse 68. We will come back to it. But I want you to see that, that Israel, Moses said, would be put in ships and sold as slaves. If they brought back to Egypt, it didn't mean the Egypt of ancient time because it don't make sense to put a nation in ships. Israel and Egypt is landlocked. They're landlocked. It does not make sense to put the nation of Israel, as we know them today, or not, not as we know them today, but put them back then to put them in ships. Hold on, let me back up. I'm trying to do three things at one time. The people in Israel have never been put in ships and taken anywhere. Let's just solve that. But again, we've been put in ships and sold into slavery. But let's read Deuteronomy 1, uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 15. And, and folks, listen. Ask yourself, who have lived out this? Who have lived out this? Okay, let's read the blessing. Whoever lived out this, like Cinderella, that slipper is going to fit them. They're going to be the real Jews. Go here. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou set thy hand to. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God giveth thee. And the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven 
to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearkenest unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commanded thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Okay. Any comments on the blessings, Arlene? Well, those are the blessings. And for anybody who um, believes, you know, all the... uh, what the churches are saying, what the news reports are saying, you know, what international policy is saying, that the people that are in Israel are the people of God and they're upholding these blessings, then there's a couple of verses in here about uh, the Lord uh, shall cause your enemies to flee seven ways. And um, that's not happening in Israel. Uh, you shall not borrow, you shall lend and not borrow. Well, that's not happening in Israel. You know, they're having some troubles, some economic troubles. They depended greatly on America for support. They depend on America and England for military assistance, for gun supplies and whatnot. Um, there's just a lot of things in here, you know, that they're they're not fulfilling all these blessings. You know, so if they're not living at all these blessings and they're the ones that everybody is saying uh, are the true people of God, then there should be a question in everybody's mind, well, maybe they're not who they say they are. Because as Seth said earlier, when the Most High gives you a land, you go and you can take that land. It doesn't mean it's easy, but he will command you to go into battle, to fight for that land, then it becomes yours. And they've had to fight since the day they stepped there. And they fought every day since. They're continuing to fight. And it just doesn't feel like a blessing. It doesn't look like the blessing. Because according to these scriptures, their enemies are supposed to flee seven ways. And their enemies are still there surrounding them, you know, just dealing with them on a daily basis. You know, we hear about those uh, suicide bombers all the time. We hear about um, them shooting down planes and whatnot. So there's just a lot that's going on that just doesn't feel like that's the blessing of the Most High that's promised here in Deuteronomy 28. So as you know, if you if you if you're thinking like I asked you, listeners, if y'all thinking about these blessings, you're saying nobody is really living out those blessings. So no nation that I know of, no nation of people, no group of people anywhere I know of can claim Deuteronomy 28. But more clearly, and I thank the most I for making more curses. I hate to say that, but it makes it more clear because the blessings are kind of general. You're going to be blessed. Everything you're going to do is going to be, it's going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. So it's the obvious. Yeah. But the curses, you have to almost have a lot of because, you know, to be specific. So let's look at the curses. We just looked at Deuteronomy 28. And uh, one thing, Cheryl the whole thing about Moses on there. I'm, I'm going I'm to let Arlene have her way today. About Moses talking about when after he leaves, after. Oh, uh, yes. Moses actually was the one who was giving 
um, the um, these directions to Israel, and I'm trying to find the scripture. I think. Um, but while she's looking it up, what she's about to look for you is what Moses said after he died that Israel was basically going to be a rebellious people. Okay. So we don't have to look at the blessings, people. We can look at the curses because Moses said Israel was going to be continuously a knucklehead, a rebellious people. So if you want to know Israel, you're going to be looking for the curses. Where are you at? Go ahead. Okay, I found it. It's Deuteronomy 31, verse 29. So this is after he's told them about the blessings and the curses and given them some more information. He goes on to say uh, in 28, Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to record against them. In 29, he says, For I know that after my death you will utterly con- con- corrupt yourselves and turn aside the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. So as he spoke these words, he's basically letting us know that they're going to disobey. And we said uh, earlier in Deuteronomy 28, if they disobey, then you can identify Israel because they'll be living according to these curses that are laid out. So that is one key scripture that lets us know do we look to identify Israel because they're so blessed, or do we look to identify Israel because they're so cursed? Or better, you, you can say it like this. Do we look for the blessings in Deuteronomy 21 and 15 upon Israel? Is that how we identify Israel, by looking at the blessings, or we look at the, look at the curses? If she just read Moses saying, look, when I die, y'all are just going to be a rebellious people. Now we know in Deuteronomy 28, to look at the curses that's supposed to happen in Israel, because Moses just told us that he was going to disobey. So let's look at the curses, okay? And, uh, again, I know a lot of people that are Christians, you know, raised and born up in the church, a lot of them are saying, but said, hold up, you're trying to think we're cursed. I'm not cursed. Christ has come to deliver us from the curse of the law. Listen to me very clearly. I understand exactly what you're saying. And Christ did come, and he did die. And when he died, he did take away the sins of the world. And, yes, that is absolutely true. But the Most High said before Christ came that this is what Israel, not the Gentiles, what Israel is going to go through, blessings or curses, if they obey or disobey as a nation. So Israel, the nation, will go through this. And I'm going to tell you, listener, like I tell a lot of ministers, they say the same thing. Christ comes to deliver us from the curse of the law, blah, blah, blah. And I say this, let me ask you this. I understand what that means, but I can't get into it too deep in this broadcast. I'll just say this much. What Christ delivered us from was from sin and stopping us from, you know, we were not able to go into the Holy of Holies because of sin. Christ because of his death, burial, resurrection, the veil has been rent from top to bottom. We now have access with the Father. That's what he set up. Amen. But that does not nullify what Israel is supposed to go through if they're obedient or if they're disobedient, okay? Now, and the other thing I would tell the ministers is this. If what you're saying is true, that none is in the Deuteronomy, the curses affect us, then why have we lived it? Why are we living it? I have never gotten an answer from that. 
Why would we put in slave ships? Why would we take it back to Egypt, so to speak? Egypt was high-tech, number one of its time, so is America. It's our Egypt. And when were the people of Israel, the so-called Jews, ever put in ships and taken anywhere? We were. Deuteronomy 28 and 68 ain't the only verse talking about Egypt being put in Israel and being put in ships. There are other scriptures that talk about Israel being put in ships as well. We may get around to it, but there's a lot more. Just look up Israel, sold to slaves, put in ships on Google or, or Yahoo. We just we got a lot of more scriptures to cover, but it's, it's there many times. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, Arlene, let's look, let's, let's look at uh, also... And again, we're in Deuteronomy 28 for those of you just tuning in. And I want to thank everybody for following this series because some of y'all have been following this series every single week, and I just thank the Most High that you are there, okay? But let's turn in your Bibles and look at this verse 30. Read verse 30, please. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. One more time. Thou shalt betroth the wife, and another man shall lie with her. Now, this is Moses talking to a nation of women, not one woman. He is saying that you men, a nation of men, is going to have a nation of women. And another nation is going to come and lay with her. He's not talking to one person. He's up on the mountain talking to an entire nation. All 12 tribes are there. Gad, Simeon, Judah, or Yehuda. And he says, what, Arlene? Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house. And thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. And it, it was at one point in the lives of so-called African Americans that we did plant vineyards, and another person enjoyed it. We did gather the grapes, and one able to. We only could eat certain parts of the body of a pig, and etc. We we could not enjoy the very fruit or the very work of our hands. Somebody else actually enjoyed that. That we lived out of. Again, listener, this is not about you personally. This is about your family, your grandma, grandmother's grandmother, great great grandmother. This we're talking about a nation of people. You are not just one person. You can't read Deuteronomy 28 and say, "Well, I don't have a goat or an ox or a mule." You got to look at your people as a nation. Deuteronomy 28 is for nations. A nation of people. Please let me say that. Okay, a nation, a nation. As a nation, we've lived out this. As a nation, we built houses and another people enjoyed it. We was just servants and slaves. As a nation, we went and gathered grapes and they enjoyed it. We might have got what they didn't want, okay? But let's look at some other scriptures. Move down to verse 32. And we're jumping around because there's 68 verses, and I want to share some other scriptures. Some scriptures we're going to share every single week, but then a little bit, 
uh, some of these scriptures we share we have shared every week. But in a little bit, we're going to talk about some scriptures we haven't shared yet on none of these series, okay? So all of you can read verse 32, please. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. Want to elaborate? Uh, yes. Uh, when we were in slavery, our sons and daughters were given away. They were sold away. Uh, and there was nothing, regardless of how strong the man was, there was nothing that he could do to retrieve them. Uh, and then in modern times, I feel that our sons and our daughters are taken into a mentality of having no identity. And because of that, they really take on all these false identities that are massively um, marketed to them through the media, and we don't have the strength, the wherewithal, the resources to keep them from all wanting to be rappers or all wanting to be athletes or all wanting to feel that they're to be thugs and to get involved in criminal activities because we don't have the strength of resources, some of us, to keep them into um, a lifestyle where they can hope and expect to have things you know, come to them in their life that are good. So that scripture has been fulfilled in our present as well as in our past. Okay, go to verse 65, please. Uh, no, go to verse 41, please. Okay, verse 41. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. And there's how many black men lost them now? There's over a million. Folks, I'm telling you, if any nation can say, oh, we got this over y'all, that scripture, it's talking about us, not y'all, then let them be true Israel. No other people can claim that. Say that again, that prophecy. Thou shalt begot sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. Wow. That's rough. Okay, now, we're not trying to make this as a, a negative presentation. It's all about curse, curse, curse again, folks. If you live obedient to the Most High in every aspect of life, whatever area you turn over to him, and this is whatever area you turn over to him, that's what he has, and that's where you will receive blessings. And, and that's just the Bible. I mean, you know, so even though Israel, the nation, will suffer, you don't have to suffer, you listener, you or obedience in your house. And also, I just wanted to say, just to make an analogy, this sounds negative, a curse. What do you mean a curse? But it's actually the same as a symptom to a disease. If you go to the doctor, they want to know what are you feeling that's wrong. What are you feeling that's wrong is going to help them identify what's wrong with you. So for us to tell you these things that are a part of a curse is just to identify what we've been experiencing and helping us to identify who we are. Once you know who you are, you're right. We can plead the blood of Jesus. We are so thankful for the redemption work of what he has done. And what will happen is he, Yeshua, Jesus, has shed blood who has removed the curse from us. So what we can do is we can say, We understand who we are. We are the people of the Bible, and we're thankful for that. We understand now why we had it so hard. We understand now why we've been robbed from. 
why our inventions we never got credit for, why we never got our 30 acres and a mule. We understand why there was no inheritance to be passed forward from generation to generation to generation that each generation has to work almost until they die of old age. We understand that now. But guess what? We can also stand up in the faith and confidence of what's been provided for us by Christ, and we can command that our prosperity be returned to us as a people, that we can stand strong in that. So just don't think that this is a a pity party. We're not victims. We're not saying that there's, uh, we should feel bad. We just need to understand why we have been the underdog for hundreds of years. We have been the underdog. That's all we're saying. And knowing that we've been the underdog, knowing that we now have a Messiah who has provided a wonderful ability for us to access the things that he's provided for us, we go forward and we say in faith, we are the righteousness of the Most High in Yeshua, that we have the things that he says that we have. You know, we can put on the armor. We can use the faith that we have been given, and we can actually command these mountains to be removed from our lives. We can come against the enemy who has robbed us of our heritage, of our identity, and of our resources. Okay. All right. I appreciate that, Arlene. appreciate your contribution today. She's sharing a lot. Verse 37, please. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether the Lord shall lead thee. Now, that is self-explanatory. Again, this nation called Israel, the true Jews, true Israelites, is nothing like you think. Let me share another scripture with y'all. This is out of Deuteronomy 28. This is in uh, Isaiah 51 and 20. But I want to just share. We'll come back. We're going to go back and forth, okay? Isaiah 51 and 20. Keep your finger on Deuteronomy 28 because we're not done. But I just happened to think of something while she was talking about the young people earlier. Isaiah 51 and 20. Now, this is Isaiah telling Israel about the state of their young men, the state of their young men, how their young man is going to be. He's telling Israel about the state of their young men. Holly, will you read for me I mean, Isaiah 51 and 20? Again, keep your fingers at Deuteronomy 28. We're going to jump back to it in a second. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. One more time. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. Now, what do you think that means? That you're on the road. Uh, the fact that they fainted means that they've lost heart. They've lost hope. They've just are heavy, and it says that they lie at the head of the streets, which are the corners. The, you know, the many, many young people stand on the corners today, and they're as a wild bull in a net. So they're they're fighting. It's like they're being uh, held in. You know, they're fighting against the net. They want to be free. They want to get out, but they can't. It's almost like there's like that glass ceiling. You can't rise above it can't get out of it. The, higher, the harder you jump, it doesn't matter. You get pushed back down. And it says that they're full of the fury of the Lord, so the anger that they have, you know, the anger that they show and the, the way they conduct themselves and their conversations and the, the music that they make and the music that they listen to, it's just 
anger because they're frustrated with their situation. You know, they don't see, they see limited options for themselves, and they're angry that there's just not more available to them, not more that's accessible to them. They see in the inequalities in the society, and they're angry about it, and they're frustrated, and they stand on the corners of the streets, and they don't know what to do. I just wanted to share that because here we talk about an ancient group of people, and I mean, thousands of years old, and here are those young people that are fainted in mind. We know that it's faint, like laying on the street, fainted because it says they're like a wild. You can't be wild and be fainted. But then it calls them a bull. They're like wild bulls. Like a bull, strong. Bulls are very strong, strong, strong animals. Probably one other stronger than not be stronger. So here these strong, like the youth have, a lot of strength. They're wild. But there's this net. They can't just really, you know, go. There's something catching them. And again, they lie where at the head of all the streets. What in the world is ahead? Like all he said, I believe, too, is just the corner. Okay? Now, what I want to do right quick is... Uh, we want to hit about six more scriptures in Deuteronomy, and then I want to give y'all, we want to just hit all these scriptures that that we haven't talked about before, okay? Some of y'all listen every week, and you ready to hear something new, and we can do that. But these scriptures we're sharing now is just what we've chosen to be the most in-your-face, clear-cut, you know, and, you know, it's just the, the clear scriptures to us. Verse 65, please. This is another clear one. Verse 65. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. Wow. One more time. When Israel is scattered from, remember, they're scattered to the four corners of the earth. They're scattered to the four corners of the earth. And there's really only 70 nations. I know there's 200 today, but the Most High is not going to honor somebody getting a tank and some guns and a whole bunch of people and go take a land and call it something. I mean, there's really only 70 nations. He said he would scatter his people among those nations because of their rebellion through the four corners of the earth. That's why we have trouble with people in Israel because the, four, the earth pretty much is non-white. Of the United Nations is only 8% white. So Israel should be non-white. But the most I scattered his people, even if you think they was white, which I know they wasn't, but even if you thought they was white, they go into a land where it's non-white and they're there for all these hundreds of years. Obviously, after that much time, they are going to be a non-white people. So if he's scattered to all four corners and they return home, it's going to look 92% non-white. Does that make sense to you, Arlene? Yes, that makes sense. So that's why we have trouble with lily white Israel and them coming primarily from Europe. And, folks, we can't get into it now because this this is probably going to be something we may do next week or the week after. But we're going to talk about, well, who are they then, people? Who are they, Seth? If they're not the true Jews, who are they? Where are they from? But I'll give you a hint as to who they are. Two hints. In the Encyclopedia Judica, 
it is proof, and I am going to put that up on my page some kind of way because I quote this a lot. But these people actually claim to be from the tribe of Japheth. One of Noah's three sons, as you know, Noah had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, or Yaphet. Okay? They claim to be from Japheth. The problem is Shem, Shem is the son from which Israel came. So they're under the wrong son. Again, Shem, S-H-E-M, is the father of the Israelites, of the Jews, and not Jacob. That's the one problem I have with it. Other one is they acknowledge many, many Israelites, excuse me, many Israelis or Jews that we call Jews, so-called Jews in Israel today, have said out of their mouth they are from Khazaria, from the Khazars, Khazars Mountains, from an from a area called Khazaria. We call them Khazars. Their king converted to Judaism thousands of years ago, at which time was a non-white religion. So they ad- adopted that religion, and he forced his people to do the same. And over time, just like what happens in history, whites began to start claiming that as their very own history. They claim illegally bloodline Israel. Major third theft of birthright. A major theft of birthright. And you don't have nothing to say about that? Somebody stealing your identity? How would you feel, listener, if somebody literally took over all your accounts and just start to not only take over your money, but start posing as your kid's father? I mean, he is your kid's father. Or as you. I'm just saying, they start living your life. You wouldn't take that lane down. That's how we feel about this. This is a theft of birthright. Our people is in a major war right now for identity. So-called black people suffer with what we call an identity crisis. East Coast versus West Coast. North versus South Coast. Okay? I'm not talking about just our young people. It's identity crisis. We got black professionals just full of self-hate. They're so full of it, the black psychologists have to come up with their term, self-hate. Because this thing that they were seeing among our people, where we just didn't have this respect and this, this, this hate for each other. And, and they're very true. But how can you not hate a people that seemingly is awake in society? Unless, 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 unless we find out there's nothing more that fulfilling prophecy that the Most High put on them, and that they are doing what it's been prophesied that they will do. But the good news is, and we're going to go back into the study, but I want to get the end of the study first. The good news is, scriptures have laid out how this nation can be delivered. Not individually. We already talked about it. You listening. With obey the most high in every area of your life, that includes me and Arlene and anybody. If we obey, if we obey, we'll prosper. If we disobey, we're gonna suffer. All that's all is to it. If we obey, we prosper. If we don't, we suffer. But I'm talking about a nation right now. He said this nation, or this nation, Second Chronicles seven and fourteen, I believe it is, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. Turn from their wicked ways, I believe it's Second Chronicles seven and fourteen. Then will I hear from heaven. Let me say the quote again. If my people, which are called by my name, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. Then he will hear from heaven and hear their land. Read the scripture. This is the solution for the nation of Israel. I'm talking about a nation. Not you listening, you and your household. Again, you can prosper if you're obedient. But this is for your nation. You might prosper. You may be an Oprah Winfrey. But you're going to mourn for your people. Go ahead and read it, Arlene. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And also there's a scripture that talks about how the Most High, after he saw that the oppressors of Israel will start to vote and say, we did this to Israel, he would have mercy on his people because of his covenant with Abraham and rescue them anyway because of the oppressors boasting and saying, we're doing this to them. We got them under our control. We're doing this to them. He will have mercy on his people and rescue them anyway. Or they turn to, uh, let's look back to Deuteronomy 28, and let's look at verse number, because uh, that was a side road. So I want you to go back up to 64 because we missed that. Read 64 and then read 65 again, please. Okay. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And all this stuff we worship, all these cars, houses, clothes, all of this is made. From either wood or stone. And among these nations shall of course not clothing, but he's just saying go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and a failing of eyes and a sorrow of mind. Wow. Wow. Who lives out there? Who lives out there, listening? I'm asking, I'm putting you on the spot. Who live out these blessings or these curses? Who do you know? Nobody live out the blessings. We concluded that. Who live out the curses? We said that Moses said after he died, Moses said that Israel would basically be rebellious. So we spoke to look for curses. And these specific curses are upon who? Let's look at verse 54. This is talking about your good men, your good men in your nation, the good men in your nation. How are they going to act? The good men in your nation. How are they going to act? Verse 54. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and the toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. According to this scripture, the man that is good, the man that has a family, the man that is a part of his family, it says, his eye shall be evil toward his brother, toward his wife, and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. So that means that there will be a lot of families and households that these men are going to actually leave this woman to raise these children all by herself. How many single-parent households do we have in the African-American community? I mean, I know with the divorce rate up, there's a lot of people now that are uh, actually raising kids alone. But I'm talking about people 
who have either never been married because the man parts, you know, he just leaves, he bails early, or because he's just dealing with the pressure of trying to provide for himself and a family, he just can't handle it, and he just leaves her with these kids, you know, and she has to raise them on her own. And these are good men. They want to do well. They like to be able to provide, but because of the obstacles that are stacked up against them and because of the fact that they don't know who they are, they have no identity, they're not connected to something bigger than them, they don't uh, understand what the Most High has them going through, they just bail because it's just too much of an obstacle to deal with. And that's your good man. That's not your knucklehead man. Okay? So let's look at this. Here's some other scriptures. Again, you want to read Deuteronomy 28. This is 68 verses of homework, so to speak. If y'all are really serious about knowing who the real Jews are, or you should simply ask them the question, why do we as a people go through so much hell? Why we find ourselves at the bottom over and over again? Why is it our grandmothers, grandfathers could never find rest here? You want to call this place home, and we do call this place home, but for real, for real, we can call it home all you want to, but when you go into your house, if you can't walk into your bedroom without a fight, walk into your kitchen without a fight, walk into your bathroom without a fight, that is truly not your home. I read this scripture. I don't know that I've read this one before, and maybe you've elaborated on it before, but it just put me in mind of something else that we go through. It says, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. What's that sound like? That sounds like to me when Asians come over here and Pakistanis and Indians come over here, it seems like they can get a loan and they all have stores and they all have businesses and they all seem to market us. We continue to be consumers. So it's like people that are strange to this land, we were born here, but people that are strangers to this land can come here and somehow rise above us. Read again. That's 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 good. That's good. It says in verse 43, the stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. That just seems like I mean everybody has that experience. I mean go to any hair shop, you know any hair supply shop, which all of us go to because we all need hair products or hair to buy to stick on our head. And who is there but some of the Asian or Indian or they're from Pakistan or somewhere, and they seem to be able to get these businesses or these corner markets in our neighborhood that sell, you know, the overpriced uh, beverages and overpriced groceries and all of that. There they are. They, they seem to be above us, and here we are consuming. This is what the Bible says, listening, that the Most High said Israel would go through. The true Israelite, the true Israelite, this is what they will go through. This, you know, we, we have been lied to, folks. Y'all should be concerned about this. My goodness. Israel, the so-called people in Israel today, have hijacked or stolen a birthright. And they got us thinking the Israel culture is one way. They listen to certain kind of music, the bar mitzvahs and all this stuff. And again, much respect for the people as human beings. They truly are our brothers and sisters. But I'm just saying, I'm talking about humans as humans. But folks, the the culture of Israel is nothing like what we think it is. Listen to the description. 
And this is a little off Deuteronomy 28. Arlene is pretty much staying on Deuteronomy, whereas I'm kind of jumping off here and there. But I want y'all to check the scripture. This is this is some stuff here. Nahum 3.13. Nahum, just write it down, 3.13. I know it's, some of y'all probably take a while to find Nahum. But it's basically saying those in the midst of you are women. Those in the midst of you are women. There's another scripture that says, Lord, how long will we suffer? How long will Israel endure? How long will they suffer? And the most I said, until your houses be without a man. Until your houses be without a man. You know, there are so many times in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 4, it talks about seven women being the one man. At some point, Israel will be to the be, and I think this is actually when they went through, but after they went through the persecution, their women is down to is down to seven men to one one man. Seven women to one man. That's in Isaiah four. So in other words, and then when you look at Isaiah three, the the end of Isaiah three, it talks about let me just find this so y'all won't think I'm making up stuff. Isaiah, if you can just turn to Isaiah 3, please, every single one of you. Don't forget Nahum 3.13. But this is just talking about Israel women, how they was acting, and how they were stiff-necked and walked with a stiff neck. This is some crazy, crazy stuff to to just to, sometimes I'm reading the scripture and I'm saying, Wow. We are living this out like Cinderella. I mean, it's just unreal. So if you will, go to Isaiah 3. Let's back up. We'll back up all the way up to... Let's back up all the way up to verse number... All this is good. Bear with me, please. I'll tell you what, let's do it like this. Isaiah, because there's too many verses, I don't want to take too much time. I didn't plan on going there. Uh, but Isaiah, for sure, Isaiah 4, it talks about, In that day, and I'm quoting Isaiah 4 and 1, In that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. In other words, they wanted they wanted to be married, but they really didn't want to be married. They married, but they really not married. There was there was the ratio of seven women to one man. That's how scarce the men would be. Y'all don't hear me. Check that out. That's Isaiah. Four and one. I don't want to jump around too much, but you got to read Isaiah four and one. But back up and read for Isaiah three, because it talks about in Isaiah three is describing these women and how they act. And most I got upset with him and start talking about all the different things he was going to take away, like the nose jewelry, the feet jewelry, and who wear nose jewelry and feet jewelry. He says he's going to take away the ornaments about their feet and the ornaments about the. Uh, the bracelets and the forehead jewelry and the nose jewelry. And I wanted y'all to read that to look at the not just the women and their attitudes, 
but look at the fact that the Most High said he's going to take away all these different types of jewelry, and who wear the jewelry of the nose and of the feet and all that? No other people, well, I'll say it like this, the people in Israel today, they don't dress like that. So all of that culture of different jewelry in the nose, that's Hebraic. And again, the people in Israel don't dress like that at all. We are the people of the book, folks. We are the people of the book. Right now I want to do something. I want to just give you all a lot of scriptures to look for because we've talked about so many wonderful things. We uh, didn't hit every scripture, but I want to give you all some scriptures. These are outside of Deuteronomy 28. Read Deuteronomy 28 and ask yourself as a nation, who lives out these blessings? Who lives out these curses? We already know it's going to be the curses because Moses said after he died that Israel was going to be rebellious. So you should be looking at the curses only. No nation is living out the blessings. But I want to give you some additional scriptures. These scriptures we've never talked about, a lot of them. I'm going to mix in the I'm going to be nice and just give you the ones we have talked about and the ones we haven't talked about. So just write these down. Uh, Jeremiah 4 and 22. Jeremiah 4 and 2. Uh, 4 and 22. Uh, these are just different characteristics that Israel is going to show. Uh, and what you want to do is read these scriptures and say, do we live like this or not? Do the people in Israel live like this or not? Who wear this slipper? The slipper, prophecy, Jeremiah 4, 22. Isaiah 20 and 4. Isaiah 30 and 12. Psalms 44 and 11. And also verse 12 and also verse 37. And this one is talking about how the Most High said he would make Israel a byword, a proverb. How he was talking about he would make them a mockery among the nation. Okay? Amazing, amazing, amazing. Anyway, uh, Ezekiel 22.15. Ezekiel 22.15, Lamentations 1 and 12. Lamentation 1 and 12. Another big chapter, Leviticus 26, the whole thing. Leviticus 26, the whole thing. Habakkuk, the whole book. It's a small book. I call it the black man's book. Habakkuk is complaining, saying, Most High, why do you show me these things? Why do I see? He saw how his people was just hurting and, and, and going through so much pain. That's why I call it the black man's book. It's not really the black man's book. It's just my nickname because I think any black person that, the black, so-called black people I know, guys, and the things they go through, the things, the complaints I constantly hear over and over and over, how they see so much and there's so much going on and nobody don't see it, nobody want to talk about it. Man, we go through a lot of more of what y'all think. And when you look, read the book on back of the first, when he first opened up, he gets on the most high. He's complaining to the most high saying, why do you show me so much pain? And you need to hear what the most high tells Habakkuk, the whole book, especially verse Seven, especially verse seven, but the whole chapter. You got to read the whole chapter, man. No shortcuts. Isaiah fifty two, fifty one and twenty. We read earlier fifty one and twenty. Okay, also fifty one and twenty two. Go ahead and read twenty twenty one and twenty two, and twenty three. Okay, Deuteronomy thirty two is a good chapter, especially verse twenty eight. Okay, it's a lot of reading, folks. But these are prophecies that we live out more so than the people in Israel today. Okay? Joel 3 and 3. Joel 3 and 3. Joel 2 talks about a nation. 
It describes the people that's going to rule over us. You need to read that, how it talks about these people and how there's never been a people like them before them and there's never going to be a people like them after them. Read that. That, that, that right there is something. That right there is something. Just talking about it makes me want to turn to it. But that Joel 2 is no joke, okay? It really just talks about blowing the trumpet, talking about a nation of wickedness that's going to come upon the earth and never been, again, a people like them before or after them. And it just talks about how no nation is going to escape these people. And it's describing nothing more than Europeans. And that's not to say they're evil or wicked or nothing like that. It's just that every people has a calling. And the Europeans, the Most High called them for a season to rule. He even called them in Joel too, his army, his army. Yet they're destroying, destroying, destroying. He says they're going to destroy, and he still calls them his army. I know a lot of y'all don't like that, but it's his army. So you can't get upset with white people. That's another reason this message is vitally important, because it lets white people know to don't feel haughty and proudful and feel like you've done this to black people, those, those that gloat in that, but to understand that the Most High used you. He was upset with his people and even his planet because they had turned their back on him, and he called you from the hills of Europe, okay? You was in the hills of your caveman eating each other after those people had migrated up from Africa, albinos. This is history, folks, of people lacking pigmentation, migrated to the Caucasus Mountains where it was better atmosphere for their condition, end up being the mighty people that he called out of the hills of Europe to oppress the nation. I'm not talking about the uh, the whole argument about the Neanderthal period. I'm talking about civilization. When there were civilized Africans, there was a nation of albinos migrate up north, become thousands. The Moors goes up there later, educates them, and Europe becomes a mighty nation. Again, go to my front page, click on the books on my front page uh, at blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. That's five smooth stones. Don't forget the underscore. Click on books, and you can read proof from scientists, and archaeologists, scholars about what I'm talking about, okay? I have books on this, but I'm just saying this happened, okay? The most high is who called the Europeans to do the things they did. So this truth needs to be known to where even they won't have the so-called white man burden feeling guilty that they've done this to, to black people and then those who want to gloat it and feel like they're superior because they did this. You had no part in this other than being used by the Most High. It was the Most High all day long. And we live with y'all. Some of us marry you. Some of us go to church with you and work with you, and we know that there's no way the white nation could enslave and do the things that they've done to Israelites scattered all over the world unless the Most High was with them. So that's another reason this information is known, to take away this so-called white man burdens or this guilt and also take from the mouth of the Israelites that the white man is our problem. He or she is not. We rather not, as Ephesians say, Ephesians 6 say, Against flesh and blood, but against principalities 
and spiritual wickedness. Okay, let me give you the rest of these scriptures, and we'll close out here. Isaiah 52, uh, Isaiah 42 and 22 said, "Blood touches blood." Here's the black on black crime right here, so-called black on black crime. It says that Israel basically is gonna be killing Israelites. That's Isaiah 42 and 22. Isaiah, uh, again, folks, please read Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. There's more there than anywhere. Isaiah 56 and 11 talks about the the shepherds, the religious people that are going to rule over Israel. You need to hear what he has to say about that. Real quickly, I'm going to read it. Isaiah 56 and 11 says, Yea, they are greedy dogs. This is the Bible I'm quoting. I'm not making this up. I'm talking about the King James Version say these exact words, and I quote verbatim. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain from his quarter. It's talking about this spirit that's going to rule over Israel in a lot of our leaders, not all of them, and that scripture is definitely important today. Jeremiah 12 and 10 elaborates on it, talks about it some more. My pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have, thri- they have, trodden-, they have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. Lamentations is probably the best because Lamentations just quit the, the, the mystery and just tell you flat out they're black. Lamentations 5 and 10, our skin was black like an oven. I said it. Lamentations 3, it says our visage, which is face, was blacker than a coal. I'm going to say it again. Our visage was blacker than a coal. That's Lamentations 3, Lamentations 5, 10, 5 and 10 and 11 talks about their skin being black as the oven. And they were starving to death. But the point of it is, is no matter if a white person is starving to death or not, they're not going to get blacker than an oven. And visage, which means face, blacker than a coat. So Lamentations don't even hold no punches. It's just come out and say we black. And there's other scriptures. We can actually go there. We can talk about all the scriptures about showing how people are black in the Bible. We can do that. We just don't. We want to scoop do it from a scholarly standpoint, talking about other scriptures. We can talk about how Christ's feet, blacker than, you know, uh, uh, said it was black as though it was burning the oven. Yes, that's right. The Messiah, when it describes him, it says his feet was black as though it was burning the oven. It says uh, his feet was dull, it was burnt in the oven, like bronze burning the oven. I'm, I'm moving too fast here. And then it talks about, uh, you know, Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, they they asked him, aren't thou an Egyptian? Ain't no scholar, white, black, or any other color is going to say the Egyptian was nothing less than black people. Okay? So her Paul was mistaken for an Egyptian. Had he been white, as some of y'all think, some of y'all think Israel was white, then why would they say, aren't you an Egyptian? Also, Moses. Moses passed with Pharaoh's grandson. Pharaoh was obviously Egyptian. Moses passed with his grandson. How can a little white kid, no disrespect, pass for the grandson of a black man or Egyptian if he wasn't dark-skinned? Second of all, Moses rescued uh, Jethro's daughters from a problem they had, and Jethro asked them and said, Who saved you? Why are y'all running here? What's going on? And they said, this and this happened, but an Egyptian saved us. An Egyptian, calling Moses an Egyptian. So obviously Moses was a dark skin. Remember Moses put his hand in his bosom? Then you know 
know about that scripture, and took it back out. His hand was white. This was leprous. The Bible says his hand was leprous as snow. It was leprous as snow. It was white. And then he stuck his hand back in his bosom, and his hand turned back the color it was. So if he was already white, how did his hand turn white? There's so many things we can talk about to show how the people in the Bible was dark-skinned. It ain't even funny. We just try to stick on the whole Deuteronomy part of it, okay? But we can go there. We can go there. We can go there. We can talk about uh, Christ's description in, in Daniel where it said his hair was like wool. Whose hair is like wool, Arlene? Hair like wool. Arlene used to do hair. Trust me. She understands the whole hair like wool thing. So, people, why is this important? Again, the Most High looks like he's picking on us, looks like he's cursed us, looks like he's not thinking about us without this revelation. But with this revelation, it stands the reason why he is doing the things he's doing to us as a people. Second, number two is anger. We don't have the anger towards each other because we understand why we're going through what we're going through. And I'm going to tell you this. When your mama whip you, I don't know about y'all, but when I got a whip when I was little, if I didn't know why, I had it, uh, problems with my mother. But if I understood why she was with me, it wasn't a problem because I knew I brought it on myself. So did it help us to understand why we act or we act as a people? Third, it helps white people understand that they, they did not do this to us, and we no longer blame them. We know that the Most High did it to us. Fourth, the word doesn't make sense. You cannot fit Bible prophecy is not going to make any sense if you got the wrong people as Israel inside of there. The Bible says once Israel become a nation, that the Messiah will return shortly, and everybody's thinking the people in Israel is the true Israelites. And that's why you had all the prophets back in 1948 prophesying in the world when Christ was coming, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. A lot of them jumped ship because they were looking at the wrong people. So the Bible will contradict if you're looking at the wrong people, have the wrong people in, in prophecy. Number four, number five, is the nations of the world want to support Israel. Somebody said, well, how are we going to rise economically? How is this going to look? You don't have to worry about The scripture does say a remnant. All, all portion of us is going to return to Israel. But the vast majority of us will not, but the nations of the world will support us economically. They will even support us militarily. We won't even need a military. Once people know who the true Israelites are, that's why the people in Israel, they get so much love, because People think they are the true Jews or the true Israelites. Once they find out who the true Israelites are, believe me, people, prophecy has to be fulfilled. If you forget everything I've said today, remember this. The Bible has got to be fulfilled no matter what that say. It has to be fulfilled. So know that. No matter what happens, prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Israel will become a nation. The battle of the dry bones is a true prophecy. These things are going to happen. So to next week, uh, we'll talk to you. Hopefully, actually, we hear from some of y'all on this Tuesday night, late night. We have a guest from Israel, a uh, true Israelite, talking about life as an Israelite in Israel. Shabbat, I mean, Shalom. I almost did that again. Shalom, Shalom to everybody. All the angels. Shalom. Have a good weekend. All right, we'll talk to everybody next week, okay? Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back! Jump to your feet right now! Oh! When the kingdom suffering violence, but the violence, take it! Take it! Black boy!
real quick and just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this old pre-recorded show between Arlene and I uh, on uh, the status of our people identity-wise. Very important show, folks. Go ahead and check out those scriptures uh, we mentioned. I know it's a pre-recorded show, but I figured it was, I heard it and I said I gotta I gotta play this for the family. So hopefully, hopefully y'all enjoyed that and uh, you will go and do the homework and check it out. It's very important. Our nation is coming under attack with all this white supremacy and. Um, our kids is going to come on the tech with all this white supremacy, and we better start trying to get something stronger than we black. And I don't mean making up some lie. I'm saying telling the truth, coming from the scriptures, or letting our young people know who they are, because I'm telling you folks, it's serious. White supremacy is on the rise. Hate crimes up 30%. I mean, I, I've got my ears to the ground. There's a lot going on. And I think this show was definitely uh, relevant to our times with the rise of Trump and white supremacy to Steve Banners of the world in the White House now, white supremacy, uh, as we covered already in a previous show. So next week, we'll go back to our regular family forum, our regular family show. Uh, well, we'll be hopefully, hopefully spotlighting family members and just, just various things will come on the show next week. So I'll see every one of you next week for the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I love every single one of you, and y'all should know that by now. Uh, y'all should know that by now, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to go ahead and close out with a final, another final song, so y'all get a blessing, a double blessing here. This is a song that's been on my heart really, really strongly, and uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you for the rest of the, the week until we meet again, family. God bless. Again, I love every single one of you. This is Luther Barnes. Luther Barnes. The name of this song is called God's Grace uh, by Luther Barnes. Love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it, family. Good night.
brought me How you brought me through the night Lord, you kept me And you never left me You stood by my side There were so many times But I came so close Oh man, death He tried to take me in So the reason I'm here Is not hard for me to see In fact, it's so easy for me to explain It was God's way When I strayed away Even though I knew the word Still I would obey But God's mercy and His grace Stay with me And brought me, brought me Right now. 